Jake, we have officially made it to the halfway point of the NFL regular season. We have playoffs, of course, after that. Uh, ending the first half on a on a sour note, last week was our really our first rough week of the season. Um, as you can see there on screen, A-grade picks for the first time all season did not have a winning week. Now, it was a negative 4% ROI for the a-grade picks, but it was losing three-tenths of a unit. So, I mean, that's about our worst week of nine weeks for the A-grade picks. They still maintain a 29% ROI on the season on a sample size of 47 games. Um, totals we split last week. Jake, I, we don't do anything on purpose, but I like that we've got three totals today rather than two because I just – if we're playing minus 110, I just like the three. That way we got a shot to go two and one. One and one at minus 110 is never fun. And I and honestly think that's why I love Moneyline so much because I want to be able to pick games that I go one and one on and I win and I win money. I don't like going one and one and losing. That's not, I just don't like that. I don't, I don't know how, how you feel about that, but personally, that's it's not good for me, you know? It, 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 it never feels good to play 500, but be at well below 500 like that, yeah. like that yeah. eight and seven there. But when, and we were all over the one we lost to. Uh, yes last week was very frustrating yes uh last weekend definitely like you know on the wrong side of a lot of the luck things uh one of the a great picks that missed was miami who that fumble scoop and score i mean really felt like that play should have been blown dead and that probably changes the whole game right there because what miami does in the second half uh, even if they just get a field goal on that, that's a 10-point swing, and, and and Miami probably wins that game. But but we nailed that under uh, comfortably. So we, uh, you know, we kind of, it's just kind of one of those bad bounce weekends. But again, the overall season numbers are still incredibly good. So we're optimistic about that, and and we hope to replicate that. And maybe maybe we can improve on that in the second half. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We got to have some lofty goals, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, look at that. We went negative twenty percent ROI last week, but we're still plus thirteen on sides. And then, I mean, that's that means we had a good cushion going into last week. So it's one bad week shouldn't scare you off. It's that's kind of what it is with a eighteen week season here. Yep, we've got six picks today here on the free show version. Two of them are A grades. Uh, I believe we've got three more A grades that we'll talk about on the extended cut. Jake will chit chat about every single game. If you're with us on dub club, you will get that show. You'll get all sorts of extra picks for college football and college basketball. The cost is under $1 per day. And that show and that link is in the show description as always. Uh, Jake, anything to mention before we get to Thursday night football? No, let's just get into it. I'm, I'm, right. I'm ready to get that bad week out of my mouth. Out of the, get out back. Of bad taste out of my mouth. Yes, to get back in the saddle, I'm with you. All right, well, we'll start off with Thursday night football. Jake, this is not going to be the most compelling football game for Thursday night. It, it, it's kind of an ode to some of the, you know, it seemed like back a few years ago, the Thursday night games were terrible. And that was like almost by design in that it was like they weren't paying the NFL enough. So they were like, we're going to put, we're going to give you the crap games, you know, that sort of thing. And that's what it feels like. This is uh, Carolina and Chicago. It, it ain't going to be great football. 
for sure. But, you know, as we always talk about, you don't have to watch them to make the monies. You probably will be watching this one if you have Amazon Prime video or whatever it is on just because there's only so many games on a, on a Thursday night. But the bottom line is I'm still not high on this Carolina team. And Chicago was very meh, whereas Carolina is very not. We're going to take Chicago at minus 195 is an A-grade pick. It is laying a little bit of a price here, but the break-even probability for minus 195 is right around uh, 66%. Model thinks Chicago wins this 81% of the time at home. Uh, even with uh, Badgett in at quarterback, he's still a better quarterback than Bryce Young, according to sideline. Uh, so, Jake, we got the home team, the better quarterback, the better offense, the better defense. Carolina is just not a good football team, and that's really all there is to it, right? Yeah, I mean, I heard somebody say it best this morning that this is like a heat check for the NFL. Like, let's just – they're going to throw a bad game out there and see how many people still watch it because we all – Exactly, exactly. So I like we can complain about, it the, complain about it the next day. Um but yeah. yeah, it's the Bears. Hey, all, all press is good press, right? I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the Bears seem to be playing better with. I don't know where Badgett was drafted, if he was drafted, um, than the number two over on the one two pick. I don't know. That it, it's the offense seems to flow better. And part of that's healthy, getting a little bit of running backs back with the Roshan Johnson and finding Deontay Foreman. Uh, Darnell Mooney is. is Making plays, especially last week, uh, getting him in space has been good. So I don't know if that's uh, just the quarterback seeing him, finding him, or the offensive play calling getting better. Whatever the offense seems to be really improved. The defense is getting uh, getting better. And Carolina, Bryce Young, he just cannot seem to figure it out. I, I don't know what's going on. He's got some decent talent around him with Hubbard and Sanders and then Thielen and who's the LSU receiver Marshall, something mm-hmm. like that. That was the uh, but he's, and he just can't. I don't. Know, defenses are picking him off left and right because they were moving the ball against the Colts and we were on them plus three in the money line and pick sixes galore. That was at home, so I, I can't imagine what's going to be on the road in a on a Thursday night. I I don't see it going well. I think Chicago is going to run away with this one. Bears fans, relatively speaking, pretty loyal group. Uh, I expect them to show up uh, in force. They're not, you know, really fair weather fans, which is true for most teams as you go further north. Uh, Something about the weather being colder and I guess nothing else to to live for as you get further north. I don't know what it is. It just seems the way you go. The fair weather fans are more in the south where it's like, ah, the weather's nice. Who cares about sports, you know? Um, It's just kind of the general uh, mentality shift, I guess. But like you said, it should be a a good crowd for Chicago. And and I'm not going to say there's hope to make the playoffs for the Bears, right? Obviously, that's not the case. But I, I do think that this team is at least watchable. There is some optimism for some of the players, some of the defense. There's some pieces, at least. It's not quite as miserable as some of the teams in the NFL. And so there's there's a reason to go out and and, and watch this team and support this team and and, and hope for you get the right pieces for for you know the next year or whatever. Uh, I, I do know the announcers had mentioned previously we're talking about Chicago with Badgett and some of the reads and the decisions that he makes working on 
you know, him transferring that knowledge uh, to Fields because Fields has not been the best decision maker in his time, but he's I've got, of course, got much more talent, much more a uh, better skill set. So there's those sort of things too to to be hopeful for, with, even though you have the backup quarterback in there. So I think there's reason for optimism for Chicago, uh, if nothing else. And and this they're they're, they're a decent enough team. They're like I said, they're not going to do anything this year, but they're not terrible. And and I, I think Carolina is, is is kind of the the, the bottom line. So we, we think Chicago handles that one. Um, Minus one ninety five gets it to an A grade. There yeah, is... especially from the tanking standpoint, this is great for Chicago. They win, they get better, they lose, they still get to like because they've got both picks, so does not matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter for this one. Uh, there is a Germany game again. We do not have an official pick on it. We are going to give our thoughts on it in the after show, the extended cut version on Dub Club. Uh, but no official pick on that one, at least as of now. Uh, so we'll go to Sunday afternoon, 1 p.m. Eastern, Cleveland and Baltimore. Uh, Jacob's Baltimore team is impressive and has been skyrocketing up the model ratings. Now have them. Um, as a number one overall team, according to the model, and they have looked incredible. The offense is scoring points. The defense is getting stops. They just look fantastic. Cleveland with Deshaun Watson back at quarterback offense grades out a, a little bit better than average, right around average. Um, the defense is still strong. Pace is pretty average because, uh, you know, Baltimore can play a high scoring game or a low scoring game. They're such a good team. Cleveland's going to lean more towards a lower scoring game, of course, uh, because that defense is better in the offense. But with Deshaun Watson, the offense is okay enough. We think this will be slightly fewer than an average NFL game, but not quite as much as the books are going. They're down to 37 and a half. We're going to go over that number model says about 42. Jake, I, I, I like over 37 and a half. Kind of would love over 37, that push protection if it lands on 37. That's really my only concern here is 37. So if you can shop around, if it gets there, over 37 looks pretty solid to me. But even 37 and a half still seems too low. It still seems like a smart bet to go over. Tell us more. Yeah, this is one you can you can wait on. I don't think it's going to move up at all, uh, or anything. But I think playing over 37 and a half is smart here. The Ravens' offense is ugly, but man, does it work! I, like it's, I don't understand it. Um, but since the since they came back from London, was it London they played at with the Titans? Yes, yes. So since they came back from when that, they kicked they, when they kicked six field goals or whatever, or five field goals, whatever it was, it was crazy. Yeah, it's unreal. But you go thirty-eight to the, with the Lions, thirty-one at the Cardinals, and thirty-seven against the Seahawks last week. They have been going to town with it and they get they've solved this baltimore defense enough last time around that or baltimore, brown's defense enough last time um that was i think the first dtr game i know mm. it was dtr but i can't remember so it was 28 i think three. he only got one yeah i can't remember mm. uh but either way game plan got away they could have put up more points i think with deshaun watson quarterbacking the Browns will be a little bit more competitive and we'll get a little bit more out of them because we didn't, we don't need, we needed one touchdown out of them last time to clear this number. Uh, I think we can get the 28 to 10 seems about right. Maybe, maybe a little closer something like that. But uh, the way the Baltimore defense is playing, they're absolutely incredible. And that offense is without really receivers that scare you 
and, and without a running back that really scared I don't understand it, but it is working, and I'm just going to ride it with them right now. I mean, you've got a, a quarterback that can beat you through the air and, and on the ground, and that's just a, a massive weapon. And it, it, it's why Josh Allen is so good as a quarterback when he gets running. It's why Joe Burrow now running a little bit more now that he's healthier adds an extra dynamic to Cincinnati's offense. When you when you have that ability, it, it really helps uh, you know solve some of the deficiencies you may have. Because you're right, the, the Baltimore offense doesn't have a lot. Mark Andrews is really good. But that's about it. <laughs> offensively. You're not really that afraid of anything else, but they're getting it done. Uh, a great line play goes a long way too, and that's really one of the things that's fueling them as well. So uh, we're going to go over 37 and a half here. Um, don't need a ton, we think, from Cleveland. We should get a little bit of help, though. And the Cleveland offense, you just said, is just a whole lot better than with DTR and PJ Walker, those guys who just could not get them going whatsoever. Final note on this one, the weather looks fantastic for this game, and that's something you have to look at for a uh, November over is absolutely double-check the weather. That's all automated into the, into the model. The model is giving this a 1% weather decrease. Um slightly breezy, but not anything really of a concern. It's right now it's projected to be in the five to 10 mile an hour winds and in the low 50. So the weather looks perfect. Uh, the model's just giving it a slight ding, just knowing the wind could pick up a little bit, but I mean, it's really looking great for weather on this one. That's something that we obviously going to keep an eye on as we get closer. This is Tuesday night. This is a Sunday game, but at least for now, the weather looks good. We're not overly concerned for the moment. And to another total, just speaking about uh, Joe Burrow and Cincinnati and how impressive they've looked lately against the Texans team uh, that had the win of all wins, it seems like, last week. Just a surprising and, and miraculous outcome there. Houston team that the model's been high on, a Cincinnati team that you can't you can't not be high on. You cannot be getting higher on them as, as we get a healthy Joe Burrow as Higgins recovers from the rib uh, fracture and he looks healthy you know, getting Joe Mixon going on the ground. And of course you have one of the best wide receivers in football uh, in Jamar Chase as well. You just got everything clicking on offense for them. The Texans uh, defense is solid. Offense is looking good. Uh, from the start of the season, I remember commenting that this Texans team might not be as bad as people think. I was just concerned if they could stay healthy because they didn't have any depth. They started off a little bit injured and sure enough, they're looking uh, a frisky. I'm not saying that they're going to win the AFC, but, but again, better than anyone probably imagined uh, should be a great contest in this one. Two teams that are, are fun to watch at this point. So this is definitely a game people uh, you want to be able to tune into. If you can, we're actually going to not pick a side though. In this one, we're going to talk about the total. We're going to go under 48 and a half pace wise. It's kind of similar to last game. If one team that wants to go a little bit faster, one that wants to go a little bit slower, uh, better offenses than defenses. Uh, you know, kind of the flip from last game there as well. So maybe a little bit more than the average number of points, but not that many more. We're going to go under 48 and a half. 48 is a very key number. And so getting the win there matters. This is a harder play to recommend. 47 is kind of key. 48 is much more key. At 46 and a half, completely different story. 47 and a half, eh, eh. but 48 at push protection on that number is very important. Again, we're not trying to predict exactly how a game will go. We don't We don't have a crystal ball. Uh, there are no locks in gambling. So the way that we approach it is probabilities. And so by getting the win on 48, the probability we win this under is high enough to make this a smart pick. Doesn't 
we don't know how it'll play out, but that doesn't mean it's still not a smart pick because we're getting a great number on a game that we think is priced just a tad too high. Jake, tell us more. Yeah, I, I think this 48 and a half is a little way too high. I'm not exactly sure where they came with it. I came with came up with it because I think between the two teams, we've had three games clear 48 and a half uh, and, one, and then one like two weeks ago for the Bengals hit 48. So it just seems way too high. I think we're getting a lot of value from the way CJ Stroud looked last week. Um, but that's not how Houston likes to play. Um, they they've been a more of a slower team. They've only gone over the they've gone over this number twice, and both times at at home on the road, their offense doesn't quite translate as well. And which makes sense when you have a rookie quarterback and a rookie receiver with Tank Dell, a, a running back situation that's not great. Uh, so and uh, the Bengals are team. getting healthier. Yeah, the Bengals are getting healthier looking better, but I mean, Jamar Chase still hasn't really had too many huge games yet. And I don't know if that's game planning, but the Texas have Texas has a pretty decent defense uh, and they're going to want to keep Burrow, Chase and Higgins and whoever else Mixon and the tight ends and everybody on the, on the sideline as much as they can. I think that's their best avenue to winning this game, especially on the road. I just don't see being a ton of points. I think like 17, 10, 24, 17, something like that. I, I don't think we're going to get uh, anywhere close to 50. Yeah, so we're going to go under on this one. Uh, the model uh, has been pretty high on Houston's defense. Took a little bit of a hit last week after yeah. that game. And the offense got a big boost for that game. But it kind of, as you mentioned, it's just a one game. And, and trying to figure out exactly how to value that is is difficult for any human or model, right? And there's no perfect right answer, which leads back to what we always say. All models are wrong. Some models are useful, right? So try to figure out how to synthesize that last week uh, is important. But uh, you have to remember the week before at Carolina and Carolina and Cincinnati, obviously two very different teams, but the Texans just could not get anything going in that game either. And Carolina was able to really, you know, limit the possessions and slow that game down a lot. Uh, and Cincinnati could easily do the same thing here. Um or sometimes Houston just does it to themselves either way. So when you look at how Houston played the, on the road the week before and average that out with last week, it, it looks a lot more normal. If you just add those, if you put those 120 minutes together and shuffle them around rather than thinking of it as 60 and 60, it looks more like a normal scoring team, not a really high scoring team. Um, unders have been pretty good in football uh, for the most part this season. And so we're going to try that again here again, key number 48. So under 40 and a half, get the win there makes this valuable. Also on PM Eastern, New Orleans and Minnesota. This New Orleans team, I've really enjoyed backing. This defense continues to impress. Uh, I mentioned it a few weeks ago, we, we faded New Orleans against the Texans, got the win there, but I came away really impressed with the Saints and kind of making the comment like, hey, like maybe we're sleeping on them. Maybe we should be backing them a little bit more. Model has them up to ninth. And I, a little bit of that is by attrition because guys, just key guys keep getting hurt. This Vikings team was up there in the top 10 with Cousins, and obviously that's a big loss to them and Jefferson as well. Uh, other teams just keep falling because of injuries at this point, it seems like in the Saints. For the most part, staying mostly healthy. That defense is looking great. The offense is doing just enough uh, to win games. Minnesota, obviously, that was an incredible story with Dobbs, who is seemingly very competent, um, you know, with a better team than Arizona. Not by a ton, uh, but a little bit better. The Vikings are a little bit better 
than the Cardinals. The you know obviously getting Jefferson back makes the offense even better, uh, but there's still kind of a mismatch here. Even as as fun of a story as that is, we're going to take the Saints here at minus one forty five. Its B grade value model says the Saints win sixty four percent of the time. Jacob, all the uh, B grade picks. Why did this one catch your eye? I think most people are sleeping on this New Orleans team, and it's kind of their fault. They started off slow. They don't do it pretty. They uh, played that ugly, ugly Monday night game in week two against Carolina. And I think watching that, I was like, this team is garbage. <laughs> and yeah, it's like, it's, it was just, it's just one week, right? Yeah. So, I mean, like you've got a really good defense paired with an offense that does enough to win. Um, cars not looked too great. I mean, you've got, you've got Taysom Hill, who's just a football player. I, I, I don't know. That's probably the best way to describe him because he yep. does a little bit of everything. Getting Kamara back, Olave, and if you can get Michael Thomas to wake up and play too, the weapons are there for them on offense to win games and go over and have a really good offense, but they don't need to with the way the defense plays. Minnesota last week was <laughs> a lot of fun. I found myself watching that that full game. Normally I'm a red zone guy, but that was like it was just crazy of a story. Come in immediately get to safety and then have a strip sack and then come back and lead the game for Josh Dobbs. It's just nuts what he doesn't know the players' names. He's yeah. throwing two. Like, yeah. it's just an unreal story. Uh, don't think it's going to happen twice. That Minnesota is a better team than Atlanta. Or New Orleans, much better team than Atlanta, uh, especially defensively all, all around. It's going to be a much harder, a much tougher sledding uh, for them. And I think – Offensively, at least New Orleans uses the pieces they have. I don't know why Atlanta is just anti Bijan Robinson, but mm-hmm. they are. I don't know what it is um, about it. I just it's like Arthur Smith says. I have this really talented athletic guy, Kyle Pitts. Not going to throw it to him for a few, yeah. few years, and then Bijan Robinson. Nah, we're not going to hand it to him. Uh, so I don't know what's happening there. But I think New Orleans uses their pieces, uses them correctly as a good coach and win this game fairly easy. Obviously, when the Saints didn't have Kamara to start, we knew that would impact them. Maybe we didn't even know quite to the degree it would impact them. And 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 maybe it's we're trying to make a narrative out of something that doesn't exist, but you can't hide from the fact that the first three games the Saints played, barely beating uh, the Panthers, or should be of the first four games they played, barely beating the Titans um, at home, and and again, that Tannehill looked pathetic in. Barely beating the Panthers is not good. Uh, the the loss to the Packers, blowing that game, one of the pa- Packers' few wins of the season, and then getting destroyed by a very mediocre Buccaneers team. I mean, it wasn't looking good. Then they got the Patriots in the midst of the Patriots just being terrible. Um, but then it's starting to come around a little bit more. You know, they played the Jaguars really well, who, who might be the best team that they've faced all season um and then on the right side of some of these close games by beating the bears beating the colts not that those are fantastic wins but it's almost like his the value of getting him back just enough just nudges the needle enough to get them from losing a close game like they did to the packers versus winning a tight game and that could be the exact difference here because i don't necessarily think the vikings are with with dobbs not cousins of course are drastically different than a team like the packers uh, or like uh, the Bears, or like the Colts, these other teams, they're just all kind of, they're not great in their current construction. And, you know, the way they've been playing lately, 
with the pieces they've got could just be just enough the way the defense is playing, whatever it is, just enough to switch from a close loss to a close win could be could be the difference. Yeah. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they also lost the backup running back for a minute too. That was uh, that they signed over the offseason. Uh, and so they were running on a third third string running back with Derek Carr being half hurt. So and he was half hurt for middle. part of it too. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So that, that you could be right. I, I, I don't recall uh, the injury stuff. I, I bring all that in. It's all automated and it all then runs. And if a player's hurt, he's pulled from. So I don't have to manually do that. I could probably manually do it for the NFL. I could not do it manually for college. That's why it automates for that is mainly. So I built the same system for both to automate the industry. So I, I, I don't even know if that's for sure. But you're right. Carr being half hurt for part of that too. And then he came back. I think it was that Bucks game and just was a shell of himself in, in that game. It was clearly that was the that was the week that they said he'd be out indefinitely. And then he came back and played that week. And I'm like, indefinitely he's gotten a lot shorter <laughs> last, <laughs> last time i checked playing a lot better we're gonna take the saints here at minus 145 b grade value uh pretty squarely a b grade not really overly close to an a but comfortably a solid pick here in the minus 140s uh for us with the saints uh speaking of a bunch of teams we already kind of talked about here um the tennessee at tampa is that the game we're talking about here? tennessee and tampa yep. here we go um it was from from last week's carryover tennessee and tampa bay um Titans going with Will Levis at quarterback. Jake, you are a Titans kind of fan. I mean, you're not like a diehard fan, but you're a Titans fan. Um, The model believes that Tannehill is just a very meh average quarterback at this point. It's been down on him. His rating has dropped every week. Still thinks Tannehill's the better quarterback. Still thinks that playing Levis is a kind of similar move to what a handful of teams have done this year. We've talked about where the teams are playing the weaker quarterback who's younger and has potential upside uh, to see what they've got in him and to see because that upside is better than the guy, the known quantity they have. So that would be my take. I'm curious your take, but my take would just be Tannehill is the better quarterback, but he would be a guy like Andy Dalton, who's the better quarterback in Carolina, but the Panthers aren't playing him because that's not what they're trying to figure out for the future. They know what Dalton is. The Titans know what Tannehill is. He's okay. And that Levis is right now a downgrade for this week. Because that's what matters to us this week. We don't care about the future uh, for betting. How, how do you view it as a Titans fan, Will Levis versus Ryan Tannehill? Like, you got to see what you got at some point. And at this point, the year's done, right? You're, you're not going to catch Jacksonville. You're three and five. Um, Houston looks good. Mm-hmm. Indy shows flashes. So I, I think you're, you're done on this year. Uh, you got to figure out a way to move on from Derrick Henry. I love him. We should have traded him. Should have got something yeah, for him because yeah. he's not re-signing in Tennessee. There's there's no there's mm-hmm. no reason for him to. He's too old, and they're going through a rebuild. Uh, so I think I think you got the pieces to do something here if Levis is because I mean even last week that he gave it, the Titans a chance to win the game at the end, end there. Uh, it wasn't the greatest performance ever but uh i mean he wasn't going to throw four touchdowns again kind of thing Uh, so i just i think you got to see what you got because you got to know what you're doing in this draft because this coming draft seems to be quarterback loaded a little bit Mm -hmm. so might as well see what you got in levis while you can I mean, the Pac-12 is quarterback loaded. So, I mean, if, if you know, just by itself, imagine the other, what the other conferences can add to it. Uh, yeah, he, he did not look great. His rating definitely took a hit. And we talked about that coming in, that we were a little bit concerned uh, about Levis, that the watching the, the rewatching that game from before, that the touchdown passes were mostly just bombs. And he had a couple other good passes, but 
you know, when the defense kind of then now knows how it can be, how you can beat it, you know, how it reacts. The benefit for him is he's playing a Tampa defense that just got shredded by CJ Stroud. So a little bit of a, a, a back-to-back comparison as, as unfair as it is, we will be able to compare him to, <laughs> to CJ Stroud because oh, the of what, rookie of the year. Yeah. To, to what the, what the Texas quarterback just did to him. Uh, but the Titans offense was not very good. And I, I think the model thinks they've gotten worse with Levis. I'm not, don't disagree with you. You got to see what you have and got to develop them. And the growth that you could have this game experience could be valuable to the future, but to this game, it doesn't help their chances to win. We're on Tampa Bay here at minus 115. And it's an A great pick. The model says the Buccaneers win 62% of the time. They're the slightly better team overall. Like this Titans defense that the model really was high on at the start of the season is just drip down 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 the ratings and i have to assume that's part of their problem this season that they thought they were going to rely on a better defense Tannehill being solid derrick henry carrying the weight running the clock deandre hopkins revival and it doesn't seem like much has gone their way other than derrick henry still seems solid but otherwise it seems like everything's been a little bit of a disappointment is that is that your take as well yeah i mean in well, at the deadline, they sent uh, Bird away, Bird away the safety, and he was a big, big kind of building piece of that defense. So yep, that's right. Losing him, that's also big. hurting the model. Yeah, and the you know, yeah, model, so player base model, right? It's it I moved him over. Yeah, yeah. So that that dropped him. The offense, the first part of the year, wasn't doing anything to help him out. Yeah. Uh, so it's one of those. Uh, it just wasn't. They weren't playing as good as they should have been, and they weren't given any kind of help. So then you take some of the better players off the defense, and it's going to get worse. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just don't see Tennessee and Levis being able to, because I still have a higher opinion of this Tampa Bay defense than what the model does. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I think they're still very solid, especially getting Vita uh, Vita Vea back. Um, that's going to make it tough for Derek Henry because that guy is just a, a, a wall in the middle, and that makes everybody's life easier when he takes up three gaps, but <laughs> I mean, in their offense shown flashes of it. I mean, you still got Godwin and Evans who are still very good receivers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Baker can make some plays. I think he is going to be like a Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of guy, just bounce around mm-hmm. the league and start here or there and on, on rebuilding teams. And then they draft the next quarterback and he moves on, uh, which is fine. He's going to make a ton of money doing that. Um, yeah. I'd love, I'd love that career. <laughs> Concussions yeah. aside, yeah, but and not, so not I'm, I'm gonna say, but just the, the whole like or just like getting beat up every week aside, whatever it is, you know, yeah. But and the offense is going to be the key there. With you can see the way the model, I think the model has it right. Levis is boom or bust, it's either the bomb to DeAndre Hopkins or throw it to what random receiver happens to get open five yards and at. Uh, has a lot of scrimmage and turns it into something that I don't think that's going to happen too much for him in Tampa Bay. Um, and he's not, Levis is definitely not CJ Stroud, nor does he have the weapons to shred this Tampa mm. defense. I think that's where it comes down to. Tennessee's not got enough offense and they can't help their defense enough, and Tampa Bay will figure it out at some point. Yeah, it's a, a good bounce back spot for Tampa Bay defensively. And you would say the same about Tennessee offensively after their performance last week. The issue is I'm just not sure the pieces are there for Tennessee 
to get the bounce back. Whereas Tampa's defense, again, we think the pieces are there. It's just struggled a little bit this season. The model's a little bit down based off of last week. Uh, and, and, you know, in the last couple of weeks, they've been a little bit disappointing, again, relative to how they started out the season. But uh, this would be a good spot for them to turn it around, bounce back, and see if they can get that rating a little bit higher. Minus 115, I, I know that was the one that jumped out to you. You saw that price. We're like, wow, I've got to jump all over this. Yeah, because I, I think there's a much bigger gap, and I think it's going to move quickly, too, as people start looking at it. Because, I mean, you know what Baker is. You know exactly what you're getting mm-hmm. with him. Yeah. Levis, you don't you don't know. Um, and you don't know how well Hopkins is going to play. Traylon Burks, hopefully he's okay, but that did not look great last week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just I don't know where the offense is, offense is going to be coming from, uh, especially Derrick Henry's – Still good, but he's not been incredible this year. Like normal, he's starting to show some signs of age, and it seems like uh, variable is moving on, and he's wanting to see what he's got with Spears and Levis and some of the younger guys. So I just don't think this offense is going to be built to score enough here. Yep. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, to the late games here, Giants and Cowboys. Um, Danny DeVito's son, Tommy DeVito. No, no relation. Um, so, <laughs> we'll get the start. Here's here's the thing. The model doesn't actually hate Tommy DeVito. He does not think he's the worst quarterback out there. I'm wondering if that's partially just because he like the Giants just don't let him do anything. <laughs> it's like you can't be great and bad. Like he just doesn't have the data. He didn't have the sample size. So it's like there's a chance if they if like if the if the if the Giants treated him like the Panthers treat Bryce Young like hey go out there kid have some fun you know if maybe the model would but the giants are just turtling on offense so the model doesn't like it but but you'll notice you see on screen there the offense is getting a not very nice grade of 69 uh that's very low remember 100 is average lower means fewer points you're talking about two full standard deviations worse than like average here for this offense and so it's not actually him that's the problem although it kind of is in that when he's in there they don't do anything they don't let him do anything they just hand the ball off and punt is basically what they've done the last couple of weeks it seems like they desperately needed danny jones to come back he goes right back out now with an even more severe injury tyrod taylor's on the ir after he was being you know took, taken to the hospital a couple of weeks ago he'll be back in a few weeks it sounds like but until then, I don't know what this Giants offense is going to do. The defense has been not good, but it's had moments where they've been okay, as you can see by the 23rd ranked defense, uh, according to sideline. Again, not good, but relative to the offense, I guess that's great, <laughs> relatively speaking at least. Here's the issue for the Giants. They're facing a Cowboys team, and it's specifically a Cowboys offense that seems to be really picking things up. Dak Prescott had been kind of heating up and looking good, looked great against a much better Eagles defense and a shootout of a game. Nothing really overly interesting to talk about with the pace here. A 92 pace for Dallas isn't actually that far from league average. The pace of NFL teams is pretty close. So that's not nearly as drastic as a 92 pace in college football would be where the paces change a lot. So this should be a pretty normal college football game. Model goes under a normal score and projects 41.2 points, mainly because the Giants offense is just going to lead you to lower scoring games, but thinks the model has overcorrected. We're going to go over 38 and a half. We're thinking that the low 40 key number of 41 is where this should total should be. So we're going to go over Jake. 
how many points can the Cowboys score to get us close to this by themselves is the question. The first time these two teams played, the Cowboys got a ton of points themselves. The Giants didn't score at all. We just need a little bit more than what happened last time to, to cash this over. Yeah, I think the Cowboys are very much in consideration to do this all themselves again uh, after they put up 40 on the road. They, they play much better at home. Um, like, you got, they put up 30 against a very, very good Jets defense at home. They mm-hmm. put up 38 against uh, the Patriots. Then you had 43 against the Rams. Those are their, like in just their home games. Being able to come back home after out absolutely outplaying the Eagles and just getting unlucky there. I mean, they just, I mean, Dak Prescott had 333 yards to Hertz's 183. The, they got out rushed like it was 109 to like 70 something, which isn't that big of a deal. Uh, so, I mean, you just had a couple fumbles that you did, that didn't need to happen. That fourth, that fourth and, down, yeah, uh, being down at at the goal line, uh, yeah. and they were. I mean, it might be, it might be you're an inch, not even an inch. It seemed like it was just uh, being short. You, you just not just didn't didn't get the luck going their way. Yeah, and there's nobody on this New York Giants team that's going to be able to get anywhere near CD Lamb. So CD mm-hmm. Lamb's going to be able to run ragged all over them. Uh, Ferguson actually looks like a big weapon at the last few weeks here. And, uh, they, I, don't know, I don't know if this, I don't know if he plays. I'm very interested to see if Martavius Bryant plays. Cause uh, this would be, it would be just very interesting to see Cause why not? This is a perfect live practice for him. Cause the giants are terrible. Yeah. I, w- I would have said no being that he just signed on Tuesday, but I mean, you're right. Like, maybe, maybe they're up, you know, 20, 28 to three or something in the, in the third quarter. It's like, hey, that's time to get some reps, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an extra goal line area, too, because he's, he's a big guy. He makes some crazy catches. Uh, but And the Cowboys so, uh, could, could definitely use some red zone help. Yeah. And all, all we need out of New York is just one decent drive. The Cowboys trip and fall and let Barkley break off a couple of runs, put them in scoring range. And I think we're fine. Um, but I, I think this over is going to hit. It's, it's going to be kind of later in the game. Cause I don't think the giants are going to do much help, but I think Dallas is going to put up 30 plus points. So one score out of the giants helps us. The first time these two teams played, the Cowboys got all, got all 40 points in the game. Um, it did not go over because the total was in the low forties. So the books have adjusted down a little bit more. Obviously the quarterback situation, uh, is now different. And so maybe the Cowboys need to score 40 points again in this one, but it's definitely on the table, uh, for that to happen, given the way that they've looked, they are kind of a boomer bust team as we talked about, but at home against a bad team, they're more likely to boom than bust. And, uh, you mentioned it the way some of the Cowboys, uh, receivers, including Ferguson tight end, have looked up late. Uh, they seem to be pretty pretty dangerous uh, putting up points. They, the, the game against the Eagles just got the 51. And so I don't think this one gets the 51 because the Giants aren't going to score as much as the Eagles did. But uh, it, we think it's a bit of an overreaction uh, by the sports books. So those are the six picks for the free show here. We're going to have a 60-minute interlude, and then we're going to discuss the rest of the games for people in Dub Club. Again, if you want to sign up and get all the A-grade picks for college football, NFL, and college basketball, that sign-up link's in the show description. Jake, uh, parting words before we get a one-minute break. 
Not really. I just, you know, I'm hoping that NCAA sees the error of their ways and lets James Madison have a bowl mm-hmm. game because we mm-hmm. really need that mm-hmm. James Madison-Liberty matchup. I think that would be an incredible bowl game. I agree. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't want to talk about your uh, fantasy football uh, experience this last mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. How, how, about, how, how did that yeah. go for you? Yeah, it went, it went lovely. Just like, no, it was, I'm on a losing streak. It's not great. Yeah. I hate yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah, I just you brought it up earlier, so I just felt like I had to return the favor now that yeah, now that my, my team beat yours this last week. Yes. Yeah, all right, all right. Uh, again, hopefully, we'll see you here on the other side of the music. Mm-hmm.